Maxwell Boxing. Come on in. Ireland's Boxing Weekly Podcast on all things amateur, professional, domestic and international. If you'd like to find a link for all the previous episodes on any platform or if you'd just like to keep an eye on our social media, you'll find all of that and more in today's show notes. Yes, you are indeed. Welcome on in. As slivers of positivity continue to break through and shine, the misery merchants, the drama queens and kings, you know the ones I'm talking about. There's one around every corner. They've got a new crisis to concern themselves with. Can't be doing this positive stuff at all. And despite what the timeshare leader of this country said a few weeks ago about professional boxing, that weekend just gone, the absolute best. Mick Hennessy's card on Channel 5, Terrestrial TV, Saturday night, and then late in the small hours of Sunday morning, we had the man, the new, unified, undisputed, light welterweight champion of the world. Incredible. What a night. We look back over Brett McGinty's win, Conor Coyle's win. We look at Stevie McKenna's latest first round knockout. And then we'll delve a little bit into what went on, the shenanigans, just a little bit. The week before when Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo met in Texas. Violent gentlemen. And it wouldn't be Enswell Boxing without a couple of guests for you to enjoy. They say the keys to success are longevity. And today's guests are proof of that for me. Larry Fryers I spoke to first when the first of his two fights with Ray Moylet was announced. And we clicked, we chatted, and kept in touch all the time. And he's back with us on this episode to talk about an exciting new phase of his career. You, know that? you have to make sacrifices for yourself. And I was sacrificing the boxing. There's been too many changes. I need a, I need a steady base. And I believe I've found it here. And I reminisced many times the golden years that I believe for Irish amateur boxing. That included so many household names that went on to do so much. But one of the fellas who always was there, thereabouts, always hoped that he would make the break and he has made the break he's now a signed matchroom fighter he's now a European champion he's one fight away from a world title fight and he's Belfast's Tommy McCarthy I sent a my manager with the plaster on he says who's that and I said that's me and he was like Jesus Christ and I said one of the title but one half so wherever you are whatever it is you're doing whether it's in the car on the way home from work to on the way to collect the kids from school, whether you're out for a walk in the rain or you're looking out the window at the rain, pull up the seat, put the feet up, put the earphones in and turn it up a little bit and give me the privilege and pleasure to be in your ears for this episode. As we look around the boxing world over the last 10 or so days and try to make some sense of some of it and just admire the rest of it. Trying to make sense of a ball of wool sometimes just ends up making you more confused. But we'll try. Positivity and... Happiness is hard for some. It's very hard. Some people thrive on negativity and thrive on misery. And they do say misery loves company. And I had the misfortune of listening to one of the radio stations in the car as I brought the little fella to school during the week. And I wasn't the better of it for a day or so. Genuinely, some of the shite that's coming out over those airwaves really does make you want to make a fist and punch yourself in the face. It's, it's, it's cringeworthy at times. They referred at one point to an area of Dublin called Portobello Plaza. Where is Portobello Plaza? There is that little area along the dirty canal that, oh yeah, I know there are a couple who like to sit about there on the sunny days. And But it is what it is. If young people are out and about and they are enjoying, what are we going to do? Are we going to piss all over that? Are we going to ruin it? There was litter left about the place and now, quote unquote, Portobello Plaza is closed. Give me a break, will you? Clean it up. People that left it there, take note. Don't be leaving your shit about the place. Pick it up after you bring it with you. And another headline. On a national airwave, there's an issue in Dublin. Wait for this. Seagulls. Oh, jeez. 
You have it. Terrorist seagulls. They're getting bigger. They're getting bolder. They're getting stronger. With all the other things that are going on in this country. Seagulls. Red alert! Red alert! <laughs> and a lot of people are happy enough. They're getting their vaccinations. They're, they've been jabbed. Some people have had two. Some people have had one. Not had any myself yet. Uh, not decided when I'm going to get it. I uh, have decided I probably will get them. But I'll get it when I want to get it. There's lots of cures, I'm hoping, that'll come from the vaccine. I, I, I've i seen an awful lot over lockdown. I've seen an awful lot over the last few days and weeks that I hope the vaccine is going to sort out. I'm hoping that it will cure the repetitive regurgitation of words like uh, like click and collect or like staycation. Oh my God. Or Brexit. The epidemic that was going around that convinced many people that um, Paul Meskell was a good actor. That O'Neill's shorts are cool. And that uh, that ordinary people was 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 good. I hope that'll be cleared up. Well, I am having a little bit of a f- sly rant, a little bit of a tongue in cheek, poking fun at those who are struggling to let go of the negativity. We did it. We did it. We will forever be the ones who survived COVID, who survived the lockdown, who survived the pandemic itself, survived whatever the virus is or was. And survive those days with the kids looking for your phone, looking for your this, looking for your that. Everywhere you go in the house, there's one or more behind you. You survived it. You did it. Where else is there to start when we talk about boxing from the last week? There is nowhere else. The beauty of this moment is there's no debating. There's no more jawing at the weigh-in. We get clarity. A fiercely proud Mexican-American, a fiercely determined Scottish sensation, only one to be undisputed within the hour. The Virgin Hotel Theatre, Las Vegas. The matchup that fascinated me and many, if not all, fight fans since it was made. On a personal note, it was the highlight at by a mile. By an absolute mile, the highlight of the weekend for me and of the last few. Something to look forward to where a bona fide, genuine, two legitimate unified world champions had the balls and the gumption and the wherewithal to put it on the line and test themselves again. Not many sports teams or people are doing that lately. It's a lot of this rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, whether it's All-Ireland football, whether it's soccer, no matter what it is. There's a lot of -of run-of-the-mill stuff going on. But we were treated to a fight for the ages of the weekend. Not so much in the fight itself in its purity, but I guess in everything that went around it. Taylor's anger was ramped up as the week went on. By the time fight came along, he was bordering insane. I would have said he was snarling, he was snapping, he was ready to go. And he was as real as they come. You knew what you were going to get. We should have known what we were going to get. We couldn't doubt it. Um, This fight was never, ever going to disappoint. When all the mysterious bullshit around Billy Joel and Canelo, uh, all the repetitive, regurgitative stuff with Fury and AJ, all the disappointments of fighters that have gone across the water over the last few years just failed to show up or got caught in the headlights and cashed in. Real fans knew what this real fight was going to be about. And boy, did it deliver. Remember, Josh Taylor appearing on Carl Frampton's undercards at the beginning. He started off, if I remember correctly, in Mexico on that strange card where Carl was down twice in the first round. He he started that night and he appeared pretty much every card from there on. And he, he's been matched amazingly well. Everything he's done, he's unified. He's, he's undisputed in 18 fights. It's unheard of. And that 
British and UK TV platforms refused to televise it, whether it's a strop by Little Adam and his Sky outfit or whether it's a strop by BT because he's with Top. I don't understand. I don't understand when you're going to look at the, the bullshit that's going to be shown on Sky over the next few weeks. It's pathetic. But it's their loss and I believe it'll come back to bite them on the arse somewhere along the line. Josh Taylor is now a bona fide, unified world champion. There's nothing comes close to him. The greatest fighter to come out of UK and Europe for the last generation, if not if not more. And it was an absolute pleasure to sit and watch it. And I watched it, watched it twice since. I watched it again only last night. Incredible. I'd look for little tells in fight week or closer, the closer the fight gets, you're looking for little signs and Sometimes you'll see them, sometimes you won't. Invariably, if you look hard enough, you will. And this one, I saw it on Thursday. I watched some of the online press conferences. And for some reason, when Ramirez was being interviewed, the camera switched to Josh. And it does it automatically, so it must have been a glitch of some sort. But as Ramirez was talking, and it was it was just bland Magnolia talk. It wasn't talk of fighting much else. It was just about Las Vegas and the heat and everything else in the prep. But as he's talking you can see almost like a shadow coming over Josh Taylor. It's as if the sun has kind of drained out of the room and over his face he comes this deathly stare, this intense fixation that just seems to deepen and deepen and worsen as the interview goes on. And I knew, I'm fairly sure, I couldn't predict with any degree of certainty what was going to happen, but I certainly knew he was there and he was ready to go and he wasn't going to be cashing in like all the others. And that was it for me. I knew we were in for a real treat. What way the result was going to go, you could never be certain. Two legitimate champions. And what a champion Ramirez was too. By the time the weigh-ins were done and all the pressers and all the obligations and everything else, I was ready for it. And, and I tweeted just before it, I had that big fight feeling. It's a long time since I've had it. Possibly back as far as Fury Wilder. Uh, that was the last time I got that feeling, that buzz. Uh, from the first bell to the last... It was entertaining, it was brutal, and it was a, it was somewhat emotional as well at the end when you see two fellas who have given themselves so much, and you look at all the plastic sports people that are around the place that pretend to be role models and benchmarks and everything else. They're not. They're really not. You know, they're they're going through the motions. They're they're pretending to be something they're not. It was um, it, it was a battle of will. It was a battle of wit. It was a battle of of balls, and both won. But truly, the, the the skill that was on show and everything else, it was an insane pace from the start, an insane tempo. The work rate was just as insane. Some of the stuff that was going on inside, the in the infighting was just, it was incredible, you know. And, and as much as Kenny Bayless tried to ruin that and intervene it and curtail it, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't. You could hear the shots and you'll hear some of them in the background as it's played back. It's 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 gut wrenching to hear and, and that they were still standing at the end of 12 rounds, both of them. Incredible. I had a level at after four rounds. I had it at two-two. The fifth round, I think, went to Ramirez. The sixth round, I won't say it was getting away from Josh, but it was a case of you're looking at the fight and you're looking at the tide starting to turn a little bit. You're wondering he's going to have to come up with something, and up with something he came. Unbelievable, unbelievable that he he was able to land that just scrambler, literally a scrambler, and it changed everything from there on. That Ramirez got back up and managed to stay in the fight, stay on his feet, stay alive in the fight. Again, just testifies how good and what a legitimate and how real a champion he was. But he was on Silly Street. That he got back to the corner, that found him a little bit, 
they did what they could do in the corner from sending back out and in that seven round again to get hit with another shot that was absolutely just as gut-wrenching and how again he fell straight back he hit his head straight off the canvas how did he get back up I I just don't know I I never know and they can complain and moan about Kenny Bell is giving him a little bit more time do you know something when you see somebody giving that a genuine effort that's endangering themselves literally endangering themselves by doing it he said you know what if he's going to take another couple of seconds I'm not going to argue it I'm not going to argue it. it it all added to a fight it added to the occasion and it turned the whole thing around it turned it in Josh's favour he, he, he won for me the next couple of rounds and again Ramirez showed his class he showed his, his worthiness came back in that last couple of rounds he arguably won the 11th and possibly the 12th scorecards not arguing not getting into it he, Josh Taylor won that fight and the way that it was playing out was the way that he was dominating he was dictating it he was on the back foot he was drawing Ramirez in and Ramirez knew you look at I didn't look at fight TV I looked at it on the zone I listened to uh, Andrea Ward and Timothy Bradley and they knew what they were seeing they knew what they were looking at he was trying to draw him in he was waiting on him to, if he had brought him in onto another one of those uppercuts or hooks it was lights out and, and Ramirez knew that but he was gung-ho and he was brave and he was balls to the finish and and history was made. Cards-wise, as I said, yeah, it's Vegas. And the sooner they take the big fights out of there, the better. The sooner they take them away from America, the better. Because it's, like, you look at, again, you can relate to the arbitration during the week. How how much of a shock is it that an American arbitrator would rule in favour of an American fighter? You know, it is what it is. And the same as the judges in Vegas, they're American judges, that they tried to do it and they did it, whatever. It didn't make a difference. It didn't matter. The world knew what they had seen. We knew what we had seen. And the winner was declared. So whether it was by one point or a hundred points, he won it. And it's undisputed. And just looking at the joy, the emotion, the, the the happiness, it's something that's been, it's been missing. It's been missing in boxing. It's been missing in sport. It's been missing in our lives for the last while. And uh, there was something very, very emotional about when, when I think it was, he was a couple of scenes when he was in, when he was with Terry, his, his amateur coach all the way through. Uh, that was very special. And then there was one not long after the fight where the camera caught him an interview talking about um, Ken Buchanan and to hear him saying, we did it. I'm just like you. Wow. That would it, it pull on the heartstrings of any, of, of the coldest, most heartless in the, on this planet. That would even tug at your heartstrings. But it's amazing. What he does now, it's up to him. A long rest, I would say. A nice break. Bit of recovery. And uh, no doubt planning and plotting for what's coming next. What? I believe if he stays in around his own weight, not too far, if he goes maybe one above, I think he can do what he wants. I think there's fights there for him. They'll come to him. He doesn't need to chase them. And I think the way he's performing right now and the way he is right now, he's a match for any and all. And again, that the British media decided to do what they did and opted to sulk the way they have or whatever the reasons, whatever their excuses are, they're not good enough. They've dropped the ball and I believe they've missed out. They've They've deprived the casual fans in this in this part of the world who have been really and truly just been looking at Magnolia for the last while they've missed out and that's on them you know that's on on whatever their reasons or their excuses are Josh Taylor is a legend he's a hall of famer he will be mentioned in the history books with the very very best not just in britain but in the world and whatever he does next is only going to multiply that at a very high pace in hotels Las Vegas. Oh! And opening up this sixth round, Josh Taylor scores the knockdown. He caught Ramirez.
Nice catch and shoot. Upper right cut here. puts him down. What a shot. Josh Taylor. The undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world. Josh the Tartan Tornado Taylor. Before that, we had a... Mick Hennessy card on from Coventry. And I want to get a little bit of a word in there on Mick. Mick has been, he's the butt of a lot of people's jokes at times and, and there's a lot of the pompous, arrogant um, people in boxing who, who, who think their shite doesn't stink. What he's done with fighters over the years, don't forget he's built Carl Froch, he's built Tyson Fury, he's built many fighters, he's given them opportunities, he's stuck by them. He's one of the most genuine in the fight business that he now got a regular slot with Channel 5, Terrestrial TV, which means the man and woman on the street can watch boxing for nothing. You don't have to pay stupid pay-per-view fees to watch Poochubers or any, people, any such crap. He's, they've just been taken over by Viacom. So there is a huge potential for overlap, for cross-pollination, whatever you want to call it, with the US market, with the likes of PBC and those. His new stable... It has a little bit of everything in it. It has a lot of fighters who are a little bit hungrier because of maybe things that have gone on in their careers in the past. New fellas coming on the way through. I'm talking about the likes of Isaac Chamberlain, Shaq and Pitters, uh, the likes of Savannah Marshall, the likes of Stevie McKenna, Brett McGinnity, of course, a couple of our own. And Huey Fury is still there as well. I think, as I think I'm right in saying, Peter Fury is involved in somewhere along the line with Mick. And... Uh, they're really putting together some quality shows. Get a chance, have a look at them. Look at some of the stuff. It was a superb card on Saturday night. Really was a legitimate, brilliant, really enjoyable. It's a long, long time since I've enjoyed a full night's boxing the way I did that. There was great wins on it for Brett McGinty, who got a unanimous decision win. He goes 2-0. and A super win for Stevie McKenna. Another knockout in the first of it, first round. Unbelievable. And just a little bit more, a little bit farther afar, Conor Coyle was in action down in Mexico in Cancun. Now, we'd all be forgiven for thinking Connor was sunning himself and soaking up the rays, but no, it wasn't the case. He was on boxing in a forecourt or, a, or like a, 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 yeah, in a hotel forecourt, I think, and there was no cover, no apron, no nothing on the ring, and it absolutely bucketed down rain. So much so, they had to call it after six rounds. Bizarre scenario, and uh, Connor was ahead on the point on the cards. He got a, a win to go 14-0. and And he's starting now. I see Danny Dignam and people like that are starting to recognise, looking to call him out. Connor Coyle is a handful for any middleweight at domestic level right now. And people, don't be surprised. Expect to see and hear a lot more of this young lad. And I'm going to have him on here, along with Brett and the others over the next couple of days and weeks, working on that as we speak. And another fellow you're going to hear from really soon. He's not Irish, he's, but he's, he may as well be. He's he's working under the tutelage of D. Taggart. He's He's a scouser. Uh, we've had him on before. Junior Thompson. Going to be chatting with him really soon as well. And last but not least, if rumours are to be believed, and if the stories that are emanating out of Belfast are to believe, it looks like Falls Park is going to go ahead in August. It looks like it looks like it's going to be headlined. A ball-busting card headlined, I believe, by Michael Conlon and potentially Stephen Fuller for that bantamweight title. All goes to plan. You could see the likes of Potty McCrory. You could see the likes of Lewis Crocker. You could see the likes of Gary Cully. You could see all the MTK household names rolled out on an absolutely amazing show. And boy, is it overdue. So look forward to that. 
be ready to hear it over the next couple of days. You're going to expect some sort of announcements, I would imagine. And uh, hopefully we can get in touch with Jamie Conlon, have him on here, and we'll talk about all that's going into that. But we have Fight Camp coming up across again in Eddie's Gardens. And I believe we have quite a few tasty shows coming over the next couple of, over the summer. So be ready for it. Enjoy it. It's it's long overdue. And now we have the option to get back watching the fights and you never know what ones we'll end up at. Now, as I said at the top of the hour, there's a couple of guests that I've had on here, boxers, that I've been lucky enough to follow, I guess, from the beginning, from the time that they were cutting their teeth in the amateurs, winning the seniors, working their way up, seeing the highs, seeing the lows. One of those fellas who reached crossroads a couple of times where people wondered and maybe he did himself, maybe he didn't, you'll hear him say in a minute, maybe he did wonder at times where and when the next fight would come and if the next fight would come. But it's all come together since his move to Mark Dunlop stable, since his switch to Pete Taylor. Uh, it's just, uh, he's on the crest of a wave right now. And it was an absolute pleasure to talk to Tommy McCarthy on Friday morning about everything that's been going on in his career. Um, you know, it's like a boxing, like nothing, there's nothing, um, you know, guaranteed. So a train for the performance in the stop music. So everything got a train for it, got put, um, like I said, it gives, you have to be prepared for it, not the, not to go that way. So I'm glad it went the way I wanted it to. First things first, congratulations on the on the win. I would say as well, that's the best I've seen of you. It's the most complete in, in every way, whether it's been your physical condition, your performance, your sharpness, everything. It was like it all just gels. It's all starting to come together now, isn't it? That's probably the best camp I've, I've had too. It's hard to get through camps without injuries, though. I came through that camp every, like 100% and attacked every box. You know, boxing the uh, sport where you can't shape, you can't cut any corners, or it'll show in the ring. And I think um, I showed that I'd done everything that I needed to do. And I think, camp. I think as well, if we if we go back, look a little bit back to the Lagoon fight, um, any camp and every camp was going to be better because what transpired afterwards it was three weeks before. You must have been. There must. Have, how is that mentally, Tommy, to go into a, a fight of that magnitude, knowing that you're carrying such an injury, but just basically have to block it out? Yes, like I just, I'm a firm believer in taking our chances when we come, and this was it was such a major opportunity for me to fight for a European title, and on on the biggest show of the year of and pay per view and just all oh, there was just so much, so much stuff that I've always wanted and that all boxers want, and. Like, if I had a pulled out with injury, I wouldn't have got that chance again. So, um, I just had to grip my teeth and get on with And And you kept it to yourself? You kept it quiet? You kept it? Did Pete know? Did the team know? Or was it, did you literally? Yeah, Pete knew, yeah. Pete knew, and, um, my nutritionist, because I, I, I went to him and I was like, there's any foods you can eat to help speed up, you know, um, the healing process of, you know, of, of, of injuries, like what what foods could you take? And um, he was like, would you not just pull out and get it postponed? And I explained to him, like, you know, I need to take this fight. Like, I will never get an opportunity like this again. And then Pete, Pete was just like, listen, don't be saying anything. We'll just keep it, we'll keep it quiet and we'll just, um, 
we won't we won't do any more sparring and instead of hitting the pads we'll do the paddles and then mark kennedy who was you know who does the bronzes and cuts in the gym he wanted me to go for an x-ray and i was like no way because if i go for an x-ray they're just going to tell me that it's broke and i know it's broke so we'll just leave it most of the times here i managed to keep myself cool you managed to to just get through fights and watch them but uh Yourself, and I know at Lewis Crocker's last one as well, there's moments where you're thinking, oh, you, you literally just re- revert to fan mode and you're just jumping around, just <laughs> going through all the emotions to move and to get off and get out. Because it did, when you went for the finish in the Lagoon fight and it looked like then, but nobody knew what was behind it all. You know, you were, it was, um, it made it even more special, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Like, it just, when I, when I sent a picture to my manager with it, with um the plaster on he says who's that and I said that's me I had to send the picture of my, of my arm just and he was like Jesus Christ and I says one of a European title with one hand yeah <laughs> and when you put it like that it sounds funny and it is funny and of course it's there's a little bit of tongue in cheek but it, it goes a long way I suppose to what many people have seen for many years in Tommy McCarthy that there was so much promise so much talent and for some reason it just one thing after another but now a rich run of form and you're you're just getting better it seems yeah I get improving with every performance and as you say I'm on a run and like everything is just going from strength to strength so long may it continue after that fight I suppose you had to let the hand mend you had to get rehab and everything else but was it always the plan to stay on top of this to keep the momentum to build on it and work off it and, and feed from there yeah because uh, the the way like, the climate right now with the pandemic the fights were coming up last minute all the time so I was like I want to stay ready so if I did get a you know two weeks notice or three weeks notice to fight for a, a world time I'll be able to take it so I got back and I got back into training as soon as I got the plaster off and then and I was just looking at I always was looking at the dates not what matchroom have mm. going red I'll get ready for a state no, just in case something happened. So that's why I've just been gone all year. The jour, the jour fight itself, um, I watched it back again last night. It only lasted the five and a half rounds, but you broke his heart. You literally broke his heart. You broke his spirit. You could see it. Once the, Did you know the signs were coming when you when, after you put him down the first time? He was lucky. He did well to beat the count credit where it's due. But when he started moaning and turning his back and when you did, is that your sign then? You know that you have him where you need him. Yeah. I felt like I broke him in the first round mentally just because it came out so positive and took control of the contest straight away and he went on a retreat and I just knew that he like I was throwing loads of fans at him and don't just putting him under millions of mental pressure and um, he couldn't hack it but he was biting on all those he fans trapped, he was yeah he was and he was moving yeah. yeah jumping on every one of them he did yeah he was and then when he went down in the in the fourth round I didn't think he was going to get up so when he got up he actually you know, came at me, had a bit of a go. But then in the fifth round, I think I must have cracked his rib or something or broke it because, like, he just really had his arms stuck that side and then he, he was just moving the whole fifth round. Yeah. And, so and, when and I finally through, got to him in the sixth. And as the, as the rounds went by and you kind of went through the gears, you went through the game plan was starting that you could see you were, you were doubling the jabs, you were moving through the range, you were, you, you literally controlled it from start to finish. I won't say with comfort because it's, it'll be doing you a disservice. He did catch you, if I want to say catch you. He did enough to remind you, you can't switch off here, didn't he? Yeah. And that's it. Like, especially in my heavyweight, you can't afford to get complacent, even if things are all going well. One shot can change the whole contest. 
he had we um he had the the clay his gloves on on it so anything he landed I, I, I felt him like he and he's he's not a soft puncher so. As you posted on, on Instagram or an instant next day, the boyish good looks were still there. Everything was still intact. You were, you were fresh <laughs> as a daisy and raring to go again. But, and, and the fans that might be only tuning in to Tommy McCarty now, the fans, I suppose, like, they were treated to a side of you as well that we didn't, we got the full Tommy Mack on Saturday. We got the impressions. We got the call outs. We got the whole package. It's, it's, is that coming now with, with comfort and with confidence? And then that you feel now you're, you're settling in. You're, I mean, you're a matchroom. You're a home fighter now. Yeah, well, you know, I signed a contract with, with Matt's room and, you know, I was always second-guessing myself in the pros, but now it's like I'm a champion and everything's coming together nicely for me. So I was like, I, I don't have to, I'm not playing a game or anything. I just can just be myself and let people buy in to who, who I am because professional boxing is, you know, it is entertainment too. And Theron McKenna, who's my best mate, as you know, like he always said to me, Tommy, you're, you're one of the funniest people, I know. When you're doing your interviews, you need to show I'd say these. Stop being so professional and serious all the time. Just be yourself. And as it read, but it's, I think it's to be working fair for to me because my interviews are, are getting more compliments than the fights. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, I can't come on TV without shouting out my girl. So, shout out my wife, Amy. I love you to bits. And my kids, Car, Brana, and Anna and Kat. Daddy's still a champ, love you. Will they be watching? Are they yeah, of watch? course, yeah. Yeah. Um, no point in Tommy Mack being your daddy if you can't watch him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was hard to pin down because using his, his experience in it. But once I heard Addy shouting, Come on, Tom, get him out of there. It's me. It, boom. <laughs> Smacked him. Very good impression. Very good. I'm going to ask Eddie Hearn about it, but Mark Dunlop said this week, no secrets, you want to fight Chris Billum-Smith. So your thoughts on that before I get it from Eddie? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been saying from a wonder table that I, I would love to have a crack at any of the world champions. You know, Makubu, Breedis. Well, a, a colleague, Matt's room, you know, so that fight, I think, would be massive. You know, Ireland v England, Belfast v London, Jamaica v Nigeria has all the, the rivalry. But if none of the champions have balls to fight me, Chris Bill Smith can get a boom, 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 and slap the head of him, no problem. Because he's doing my head in all week. Oh, Tommy McCarthy, yeah, yeah, the gentleman. A bit of him, no problem. Okay, emotions running high. Apologies for the language. Sorry for the language. Eddie Hearn, um, your reaction to that, that? That seems like a fight that could be made. It's whether or not you want to make it. Yeah, well, it is made. Um, you know, Tommy's already put pen to paper for that fight. So's Chris Billum Smith. That fight's on. It's going to be part of a huge fight camp this summer. You heard him talking about Chris Billum Smith there. I don't think they particularly like each other. Great, I don't know him. Great, great, I don't no, know just him, be quiet. You sorry, don't like sorry. him. Right? And, uh, <laughs> no, but I was going to say I don't know him, but I don't like him. No, Tommy, trust me. Trust me, Tommy. You don't like him. And I, I believe you boxed his coach as well Listen, once. I don't know Chris Billum Smith, but his coach is an agent. And birds of a feather flock together. Rats running packs. I don't like Shane. I don't like Chris because Chris getting on. Well, I gotta say, the impression of Eddie Hearn was spot on. We gotta give Tyrone a shout out too. He's one of the best. He's one not just talent wise, but personality. He's Tyrone McKenna. He's what everybody loves, and and he's a special place in all our hearts. So we're hoping he's going to be busy soon. He's never he's never shy. He's never behind the doors. He could be on a big card with yourself. Yeah, hopefully, you know, like growing up and still this day, Tyrone, me and him's like yin and yang. Yeah. Like he's he's mental and more laid back, but it, like we we have a gig. We're both you know we both of us have big personalities. Yeah. So um, Tyrone, as I say, he's always been the fr- the the front runner. 
he's always you know getting getting to the fame and getting getting to the top first and then I am playing catch up so I'm slowly catching up on him now with popularity you're stealing the limelight from him you're stealing his thunder now you're you're front and centre so you can bring him along but uh, there's something special as well about I said this to you before, and we touched on it. It's, it's Belfast boxing is what it is. It's 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 um it's an institution, and and it's only going to be getting stronger and stronger with with the lads that are coming through. But a lot of those fellas have been down around the feathers, the super bantams, the middle. There's something very special when we see the big lad coming through. The likes of Brian McGee, who of course you worked with. Now yourself, you're there. It's um it's like the king of the jungle, isn't it? It's like you're laying down the law now. The big yeah, man is no, on top. I mean, like, uh, when um Martin Rogan was having his run. He was sold out the Odyssey and everyone got behind him. It's just, there's not, there's not many big men in Ireland, you know what I mean? So it's great to have a big fella who everyone can get behind. So, um, they're in a great position to be, to bring big nights to Belfast and hopefully for the next four or five years. That is a I can. I can beat him on like, and, and bring world championship boxing back here. And your little friend, who um, you know, it's no service, a huge, huge fan of, and um, did so much for for so many, not just in boxing terms, but of course, Carl Frampton. Uh, he's left a void that'll look in, in 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 many and most ways it'll never be filled. But in terms of entertainment, in terms of bringing those nights, he had some he had some lovely words of encouragement, and 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 he knows you better than most in in boxing terms. He knows what you've got so how good is that and, and as a as a boost for the confidence as well with everything else going so well you know Carl has um, been you know very vocal and and support me it's great for me because people who were casual fans but just followed from them like they'll they'll look at me now and go who's this real lad Carl's mate he keeps talking about him they'll look at me and then hopefully they'll start supporting me again it was tough to watch that last one, that herring fight, really, really tough. And, and the documentary that came out a few days later, I tell you this much, it's the harshness of this game, isn't it? Two little bits before I let you go. We're in for a treat. What's coming up next in, in, term, in boxing terms, but also in the build-up. But a lot of people are probably going to assume that this is all down to what happened with Carl and what happened with the McGuigans. But it's not so, is it? This this goes back an awful lot further than that. The thing with the McGuigans, I always thought that we had a, a no, like, a good relief. They, they offered me a contract the same with them back when I was still an amateur. It was a, it was a nice lucrative contract, like, and we always got on well. But when Anthony Kikachi, who's one of my good friends too, the treatment that he got over the hill, the experience he had was was terrible. Conrad Cummings, not a friend of mine, was terrible, and we all know Carlos was terrible. But like. People kept saying to me that oh, I want to hear what Shane's saying about you. I want to hear what they're talking about you. And I was going, why would they be bothering me for me? I've never like, said anything about them. I've, I've always liked them. And um, just this was going on for years you now. Like, oh, do you want to hear what they're saying about you? Just back backstabbing. Just for no reason. Like, it's been with girls. And, um, and then when I was born with value, um, the, Shane done an interview about the camp that Hay was doing, and he kind of belittled me in an interview because, oh yeah, like it was something along the lines like David Hay is born, uh, world championship level 
guys and like Tony Bradley's in their spawn with Tommy McCarvey who's like Tommy McCarvey's hardly great spawn no like it's a fancy shape yeah. like, so I just feel like a dickhead so um then that just that just annoyed me and then for all out of nowhere because Chris Brown Smith was let's say come out of nowhere like yeah Every, after all, and Rich Shane coming in, he ever want to fight Tommy McCarthy, and then Chris Bounceworth want to fight Tommy McCarthy, and 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 Bounceworth saying he punch holes in me and all this bullshit. So they're just they're just all rats and just not not nice people. There's a lot of similarities, and and I remember when this kicked off with Scott Quigg and Carl Frampton as well. It seemed to, you were never convinced that Quigg wanted it as much as the McGuigans did, as much as Shane. And this is like Billum Smith comes across as comes across as look I don't know you can, I don't watch a whole lot of him he's he's a little bit magnolia for me um but he, he comes across for all intents and purposes as being a decent respectful fella but then it's almost like he has to book himself up when when Shane is about that's just my opinion I don't yeah, know for that's, sure no that's that's what it seems like because he's always in all previous interviews always spoke well of me and gave me the respect that I deserve but then next thing he's he's talking reckless I don't think he, I don't know, but it's just it's just called to show you the table people they are. We don't have no well, time for them. There's there's many cliches in the world and men in boxing as well, but the one that does think is loose lips sing ships and and I, I and there isn't going to be I don't I've never seen anything in Chris Billum Smith that could punch a hole in what I've seen and her of view over the years, not just recently. But um, to wrap it all up, you're going to go to fight camp. It looks like. Um, I just smiled, you know, at the weekend Monday, and I, and I put out a little tweet. I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of Twitter, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting less so. But I couldn't help but smile. All the trials and triumphs, and and uh, the times where you, you didn't really know where and if the next fight was going to come from, or sparring camps, and you always stuck true. You always stayed true, and you always believed in yourself. And you had the lovely Amy and the kids behind you. It must be very special to sit there now on a, on a what is it? What are we to the Thursday to know you're a home fighter, your match room. You're the champ, and they're coming to you now. Is there any way of summing that up, or, or how does it feel? I'm just grateful for um, the position I'm in, and you know, it, you saying that there, you know, that it's been a, a hard road to get here, and um, it's just it's great to know that uh, you know, I backed myself 100 percent from the start, and it feels good to know that. I wasn't wrong about myself, you know. I wasn't. I wasn't deluded. And have you any rough idea yet, or has there been any inclination as to when, when the fight might take place, or has that to be all nailed down? He just said it ended July, start of August. So, um, well, start getting ready next next week. We'll start get back in the camp slowly because obviously I'm fit, I'm in great shape at the minute, and um, I. I don't need like a big. I don't need the overdo it. You know what I mean. So we'll start back slowly and and just build on the last performance. And and something that stayed with me since the last time we chatted, which was I think just around the second lockdown, you were doing a bit with the youth club and helping the kids and helping everybody. But it was it was a line that still, your gut never lets you down. Um, but sometimes we let other people talk us out of how we feel or what we know. It's it, it's it's is that even stronger now? That's just been reinforced, I suppose, by everything that's come true for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just you have to trust yourself. Like in anything that you do, if you know that you're skilled at it and you're willing to put in the work, 
you have to you have to trust yourself 100 percent and not listen to what anybody else says i've been written off people gave up on me and now it's all changed and i'm, I'm a matchroom fighter i'm a european champion one at the fan that it and we're just one fight away from a world title it's all been down to hard work and belief just one last word, I suppose, for the man himself who, who makes incredible things happen. Mark Dunlop, he's something special, isn't he? He's one of a kind. Yeah, he's just a genuine, genuine person that is his superpower in boxing because he's not in for the money. He's not in for the glory. He wants to take fellas and help them achieve their goals. He doesn't He doesn't want to send people just for the sake of it. He wants to send boxers who have what it takes and are willing to do what it takes to, to become champions. He works for everyone. He gets all the opportunities and he stands by his fighters. There again, a classic example of a fella who never gave up, never stopped trying, kept believing in himself, backed himself, worked harder, and look where he is now. He's one fight away from a world title, and he's got an incredible domestic battle coming up. Watch out for the build-up. Watch out for all the fireworks. It's going to get hot. It's going to get heavy. I believe it's going to be very similar to the Quig-Frampton build-up. And of course, when I referred to that earlier on in the interview, I meant the chain seemed a little bit more keen. Or, or Joe seemed a little bit more keen than Scott, sorry. So that's what I meant there. If anyone picked up and wasn't sure what the word what I was talking about, just got the names wrong. Going to rock on here with a conversation with uh, Larry Friars, who I chatted with a couple of weeks ago now. I had hoped to add the pocket rocket himself on to do it here, but he's a busy man. And you're going to find out why over the next couple of days and weeks. But uh, even busier now than he has been. But Larry shared some of the, what's been going on for him over the last couple of weeks. And he's up to his neck in it now, and he's absolutely loving every minute of it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the, what's been going on in your world for the last few weeks? Yeah, look, as I say, um, uh, big, big changes, both for me career-wise and both for my whole family, family-wise, you know. As I say, I, I, was, I was due to have a fight in, um, it was January, yeah, February. I was due to fight in February. It fell through for whatever reasons. I, I, nothing to do with it, you know what I mean? That's what the managers are for. Fell through. And from there, I kind of thought, you know what? If I want to make a real go of this career and do what I know I can do, I need to, I need to start making moves. I need to start, I need to start, um, exploring different options. And from that, from that time I talked to you, Alan, I mean, you had a good talk. And you, you, you put me in the direction of some very good people. Got me talking to Wayne McCullough. Me and Wayne kind of had a instant, okay, he knew what I wanted, I knew what he was looking. And from that, it just kind of been, he says he'd love to train me. I says I'd love to live in Vegas. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's how it happened, you know. Yeah. It just, it just steamrolled uh, me. I talked to my wife, she says, look, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's make it go and let's, let's, let's see what it's all about. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Horn the kids just decided to jump in the car with daddy and uh, pack up all our stuff and 2,600 miles later we, we made it eight days of driving but we got here and yesterday was, was a good day. Yesterday I, I met up with the man himself. We, we had a good training session. Just a bit of pad work, just him finding out what I'm like, me finding out what he's like. We're just going to gel, get to know each other. From what I gathered yesterday and what I done yesterday with him, yeah, no, this, this, this is a good fit, a very good fit. I was very lucky in, in my early days. People were very good to me. Wayne was one of them. 
uh, John Breen was another one. People gave me their time and they put me in touch with some really special people, which was important. And, and it's always important for me, I believe, to pay that forward. All I could do is recommend and the rest then comes natural. And, and they know good people when they see them. So you're without a doubt, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect match. Again, I think it's fair to say there's an awful lot of this story that we do talk about. There's little parts of it that we can't for one reason or another. But I think if we're being honest, you were putting a brave face on it the last time. You were, you were very, you were disappointed. You were, you were a lot of things. And it was maybe a little, well, not, not disheartened, but it was, there was a lot of questions where things were going to go and how they're going to go. I think it's fair to say, from, and, and, and the listeners can't see what I'm seeing, but the smile that was on the face when the phone was answered. Um, those questions have been answered and there's a new zest, there's a new lease of life, isn't there? Look, there, there definitely is, mate. As I say, look, there's um, other fighters that you've had on your podcast, you know, I'll mention one, Luke Kellogg, you know what I mean? I remember, I remember, I remember Luke coming out with, a, with an interview and him turning around and saying he believed he had something off of the sport and he believed that he had more, more in him, but he knew by doing what he was doing the work, the training, it wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't giving himself a 100% chance at this sport, mm-hmm. you know, and that always rung home to me because look, at the end of the day, you know, my family comes first, you know, I got to put the food on the table, I got to make sure my kids are looked after and, you know, in order to do that, you have to make sacrifices for yourself and I was sacrificing the boxing because I was working crazy hours, you know, long days, getting flying to the gym after work, half arson it in the gym, you know what I mean? As much as I wanted to give it 100% in the gym, there'd be days I'd just rock up to the gym and I'd walk in, go to the bag, I'd do six rounds, jump in the shower and go home because at that stage the body was just exhausted, you know? You're on the go from 4 o'clock in the morning, it's 4 o'clock in the evening, you still have to get home, look after the kids for a couple hours, just give them your time. And it was just training, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I know myself, like, at one stage, I, I did burn out, and it was a case of, uh, I was just doing too much, and the body just told me one day, but, you know, I slept, I slept, I never forget it, I slept in, and I missed the alarm for work. Never has it ever happened to me before, but, that, that was the body's way of just saying, that's it, you're done, and I had to take a week off the gym, I had to just call the coach and say, I can't do it, I need a week off, you know what I mean? I was still working at ends of construction, and, after that last fight got cancelled, I, I, I sat down to myself because I was I was absolutely heartbroken because me and my wife had talked and I and I said to her, I says, This is it. I'm giving it Evan. I'm gonna I'm gonna pack in my job and I'm gonna focus full time on boxing. That's it. Two days later I get the phone call that the fight's off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's having had a full camp behind you, having finance and everything has done it. And as I yeah. said, it's it's um but that's as I said that's the background to it. And and just in case people forget, there was a previous fight just before that as well that had fallen away that, that was due to happen. So you'd had two camps back to back. Camps are never wasted. You'll always learn from them. But to get to but that... financially, yeah. financially, they're wasted. Unfortunately, yeah. like, you know, there's Tyrone McKenna, like he even said himself yeah. after his last fight, he says, you know, I'd have loved to just fight anybody that night because the financially... I'm, I'm down a fortune. I know what he's talking about. Back-to-back camps, two fights falling through. Like, when I do back-to-back camps, I, I take off work. I'm full, I'm, I'm dependent on the paycheck to cover the time I took off. Now, back-to-back fights falling through. Financially, that was a real kick. A real kick in the teeth for me, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, like I said, after the last fight, I thought I was going to give it full time, you know what I mean? I thought this was it. This was the chance I was going to do it. And then the fight falls through. And I'm thinking there to myself, well, what, do I do? what do I do now? Is this a sign to give it up? 
But you know, I got talking to you. You put me in the in the on the way to talking to Wayne and everything else. And as soon as I got talking to them guys, you know, Paul Keegan, he 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 recommended Wayne as well. I got talking to Paul Keegan, got talking to Wayne. Just the fire relit, and I said, you know what, this is it. I can't, I can't, I can't overlook this. I've got to go for it. One of the big things I'm fascinated, if not obsessed, with with those old school coaches, with with the likes of Manuel Stewart, with the likes of Eddie Futch. For me, that's a that's a direct line to boxing royalty. It's a direct line to the greatest coach in arguably the greatest coach in in boxing history, and. For you then to get a chance, I suppose, to work directly with somebody who has a lot of his traits, who's picked up a lot of his know-how, and he has a lot of his own as well. It's it's exciting times, and it's something that I, I, I bore a hole in his head when I'm talking to him about it. Like, what way was Eddie yeah. in fight week, and, and what way would he deal? I mean, he's dealt with, like, he's trained Joe Fraser, he's trained Ken Norton, he's trained Riddick Bowe. I mean, and now you're in that direct ascendancy. So, it's exciting times. There'd be something wrong if that didn't relight the fire, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, Jesus! If that didn't relate the fire, then you're in the wrong sport. You know what I mean? It's um, look like I said, I had that talk with them. The fire relit. Uh, I sat down and talked to the wife, and just says, you know, this is it. I know I've got something to do in this sport, but I can't do it the way I'm doing it. We we need to go and we need to do it full time. And then um, yeah, she thankfully she agreed with me. And we have to give a big shout out to Catherine as well because she she yeah. is an integral part. She's the key part to this. We've got a lot of stories. I know two fighters I speak to her the same, and she reached out not long after I spoke to you. And uh, just very rarely I get stuck forwards, but I got two lovely, two lovely messages, and and they mean more than anything, and and it meant the world. But she's a key part to the story of Larry Fryers and his career. But I suppose it's important to pay respect as well to everybody because you've had some big nights, you've had some huge fights, and they've all played or played their part in getting you to where you are now. So. It can't have been an easy decision to up sticks and leave your train or leave your gym. So I said, you want to touch a little bit on that? Because I know yourself and Ryan had a lot and you did a lot together as well, didn't you? My look, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's a true friend of mine. You know what I mean? He always will be. You know, we, we, we formed a great bond. And you know what? He's a, he's an absolute gentleman. I can't thank him enough for the, for the time and the effort he put in on me. You know what I mean? He, he really enhanced my career. He enhanced me. Just a man he is, like, when I talked to him about coming down here and starting me starting my life over down here, you know what I mean? He just says it's the right thing to do. He didn't even he didn't even hesitate. He said he was gonna be sad, but he encouraged me to get down here, you know what I mean? Because he knows what this meant to me and my family and he encouraged me, you know what I mean? So I can't thank the man enough. It's not easy when you're leaving when you're leaving when you're leaving a coach like that, when you're leaving an environment like the Champs Boxing Club, it's never easy saying goodbye to them people, but at the same time, I've got to put myself first, and that's what I've done. I, and, and that's why we're in Vegas. But Ryan O'Leary and, and Champs Boxing Club will always have a special place in my heart. Who knows what will come in the future? Get a chance to go down and work with yourself. And who knows? Like, I wanted to make sure that was a big part of it because I know that there was a special bond there. And likewise as well, there was a lot of people that, that helped you on your on that journey and, and helped you like in the run-up to fight. Not that help is the right word, but sponsors and, and backers and everything. Oh, yeah. Big, big part of it, wasn't it? Most of, most of the sponsors I have were all friends in yeah. the sense that, you know, companies I worked for, guys I got to know, you know, guys that, that enjoy coming to watch my face, guys that can't, that love, that had a good feeling for me or they wouldn't, they wouldn't have handed over the hard, hard earned money mm. for me to pursue something I was doing, you know? So like, you know, like just risking losing all that because, you know what I mean? Moving down to a new, a new state and, um, taking on a new adventure, you know, but, 
any every one of them sponsors have done nothing but wish me the very best and the best of luck and we'll always be here for you. So I can't I can't thank them enough and I can't I can't express my gratitude enough to them guys, you know what I mean? And look, I know me and Wayne will be putting on plenty of plenty of shows back in New York for them guys to get out and uh, come and see us again, like you know what I mean? That's that's without a doubt, I know that's gonna happen. And just a little bit on the journey itself before I, I know I know you're racing out there for a, for a session with, with the man himself and I'll be catching up with him again later on. People don't understand it. He gets just as excited about all this as his fighters do and it's 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 wonderful to see for someone who's done so much in the game. But uh, the journey itself, half the half the way across the country, that must have been like a summer holiday of all summer holidays. Was it a trip of, of a lifetime? I'm going to tell you now, right? I've seen, I've seen a lot of things in my life, but oh my God, like... Uh, the drive from New York to Las Vegas, I would advise anybody who ever wanted to do something amazing to do it. We drove through the Colorado mountains, you know what I mean? And that's Jesus Christ. What I see now will, will live with me to the day of day. And from there, then you go through the, the canyons of Arizona. Look, I, it's just I've never experienced anything like it. And um, listen, I would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. It's the best thing you'll ever see. You know? For the listeners now, there's a lot going on. We're not going to have to wait too long to see the all-new Larry Friars. We can't talk too much about it right now. I know it, but I'm not going to say it. You tell us the story. I suppose there's not too long to wait before we see you again. Is there going to be long-term, short-term plans in coaching terms? Well, as I say, yeah, all going well, you know what I mean? There should be a date coming very soon. I'm hoping for it. And in terms of coaching-wise, look, that's the, me and Wayne, we planted the seed yesterday, and I believe it's, it's going to blossom, you know what I mean? And I believe he's going to be the man guiding me for the rest of my career. There's been too many changes. I need a, I need a steady base. And I believe I found it here. Before I let you go, a word for your old neighbour from back home. Who's who's um he's making he's back into big time. He 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 shocked the world. Kevin McBride. Unbelievable. He's in, Unbelievable. He's a monster of a man, isn't he? Monster of a man. He's a, he's a big friendly giant, you know. But Kevin, me and Kevin get on real well. You know what I mean? And um, I was on the phone with him there. About two weeks ago, actually on the drive down here, I was on the phone. No man, there, just a humble, humble guy. He he's over the moon for this. He can't wait to give Holyfield this fill of it. You know what I mean? There's not too many people that be fit to walk around in their lives and say that they, they beat Mike Tyson and beat Evander Holyfield. And you know what? He's one win away from being the only, probably the only man in the world that can turn around and say he beat both of them. Just a message to all the family and the loved ones and the people here this side and around. The, I suppose dotted around the states. We're coming out of lockdown. We're good days ahead. Uh, what what can we expect from 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 little Larry Friars? Well, as I say, it's absolutely great to know that Ireland's on the right path, and I really hope that this time it goes right. Family and friends back home is luck, guys. There's a bright future ahead for me. I mean, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be possible without you support me. I mean, the support you have given me the whole way through it's been unbelievable. You know what I mean? So I just want to say a big thank you, Sears, for that. And Alan, mate. From the bottom of my heart, I want to give you a massive thank you too because you you were there, you listened to me, you know, and we had our private talks. I mean, you know, I mean, you're an absolute fucking gentleman. You went out of your way to put me in the right path to the right people, and only for you, none of this would be possible. My absolute pleasure, pleasure. It's great to be able to help and at least steer good people in the right direction and see it all work out well for the end. That's about it for me and them until then. I could get into the whole Fury, AJ, Wilder saga, but listen, let's can it. Let's leave it on the shelf. It's been done to death. We'll talk about it in the next episode, which I'm going to look at. I'm going to ask some questions that I think need to be asked that haven't been asked around the boxing world over the last couple of years. Make of that what you will. 
Until then, stay safe, stay sane, smile. All's well that ends well. <laughs>